So uh, I always start off by asking everyone, um, when did you know music was going to be a part of your life? I knew music was going to be a part of my life. Well, I always liked music. Uh, I, I think back, you know, I've been thinking about this stuff a little bit more recently. And the first time somebody asked me who my favorite artist was, I was like, I don't know, maybe five, you know? And and my neighbors asked me, and they were all sisters, and we were standing in their living room, and they were like, hey, so who's your favorite artist? And the first thing that came to me was like, James Brown? <laughs> Like I that I, I feel good, right? Like that's that stuff. I loved it, and I knew it then, and I didn't know why. And they were horrified. They were all like, "James Brown, ew," you know. <laughs> but we, you know, are super young, like 1990 or something. I'm like, what am I doing, like liking James Brown like that? But I guess the funk and the soul music just always got me. Just felt good. Yeah, that's awesome. Were your like uh, parents listening to like funk and soul music? My, like, not a lot, like in the, I remember being in my, in like the truck with my dad going to work and he listened to rock and roll. Like, so he, he mostly listened to rock and roll anyway. Um, like old school stuff. He was real into Aerosmith and like Budgie and like all these great bands, you know, but like from when he was in high school, those bands were becoming famous, like while constantly coming through San Antonio, you know, like Kiss K-Mac all that, I don't know, that, that like history or the radio DJ was putting on big shows. So mm -hmm. um, that was a, so that was kind of like a part of what I heard a lot. And my dad's family's from Mexico. So I would hear like a quinceañeras and stuff like lots of Tejano and cumbias and those things. And uh, oldies cruising classics on KTFM back in the day. Like, so an eclectic bunch of music, not specifically like funk or any genre like that. They, they listen to a lot of stuff. My dad was real into disco too. My dad like loved to dance. My parents, so they liked that kind of music. And uh, so all, the, all just music, you know, it was, it was around all types. Um, so when you were that young, uh, did you know that you wanted to like play music or make music or were you just like the music listener lover? I I think I fantasized about it because my dad like told me that one time. He was like, you can be anything you want to be. You know, he, he was like, you know, you can be a lawyer or a doctor, right? Like the traditional stuff. He's like, you could even be a jukebox hero, like that song, right? <laughs> and I was just like, ah, oh, rock and roll? Like, really, me? And I had never thought of it before, but then I'm like at my cousin's wedding and like, I'm still a little kid and there's a band playing, you know, this is like a small town, Beeville, Texas wedding like in this hall and there's a band playing and I'm watching musicians play songs that I've heard for a long time, like probably for the first time. And they're having a blast. And like, I'm running around with some of the other kids like through other rooms in the hall. And they're, I don't know what they're playing, but the guitar player's just going off and I like drop to my knees and I'm like, you know, like being in the moment, like mimicking this thing, you know, like letting it go through me. And then again, my dad passes right by me. And he like sees me on the ground doing this thing, like, and he just like looks at me, like, oh, oh, he caught me. And like, I don't know, he went to the restroom or something, but I remember that, I remember seeing the band, I remember being real excited. So I didn't know, like, it, I just kind of like kept happening. That, that's an awesome story. Um, from there, so where, where do you start like picking up an instrument for the first time? Uh, Again, my dad, like he wasn't really a musician and I think he knew he wasn't a musician, but 
But in high school, he did get a guitar, a Ventura, uh, uh, an acoustic guitar, six string, right? Steel string uh, Ventura from Spain, I guess, that I guess his dad gave him when he was in high school. And he gave it to me when I was in middle school, maybe I was like 10. Yeah. And I, I, they, they paid for some lessons. My parents paid for some lessons for me. But I, didn't re- I wasn't really the kind of person to go home and practice. Um, also, we had moved into a new neighborhood, so I, was, like, I didn't have a routine or anything like that. I was just kind of hanging out with my sister, I guess, most of the time. And, uh, so I played acoustic guitar first, took some lessons, didn't practice it. Then, fast forward to like by the time high school came around, Alex, my cousin, who's the guitar player and singer in Pop Pistol, like, got into guitar. And so I was like, if he plays guitar, the other guy plays the bass, right? Like we're into rock bands at that point, finally. Um, and I was like, I'll play the bass, you know? So, and there's another thing that really got me into the idea of playing bass, because I had to kind of be sold on it. I already played guitar, but I didn't really play guitar. I just had one. Yeah. Um, MTV, when they used to have live music, you know, and music in general, they used to have spring break programs. Mm-hmm. And I saw... My mind was kind of blown when I saw like hip hop or R&B being performed with a band. Like when I saw Outkast performing with a band, that like blew my mind. And then when I saw Aaliyah uh, singing one of her songs that Timbaland produced, she had a bass player and he was playing this like cherry red bass and he's got like sunglasses on. He's like super cool looking and he's playing. I was like, whoa, he's playing that with his hands. And I was like, okay, yeah, I want to be that guy. I want to play that. Man, that that's so that's so badass to hear. Like just the like I can visualize it and just seeing it it's it's real cool when you have like that one like standout moment that makes you want to like inspires you to pick up anything so that that's cool um so then did you and alex just start jamming or or like you asked your dad for a bass they got me one for christmas one year i must have been in like i think i was in 10th grade mm-hmm. um and by that time i started going to the same school with him which was highlands which is where like where I met Jorge and like the whole band comes from Highlands basically so we graduated from there um and uh yeah I they got it for me one Christmas and Alex had a band that he was in at at Highlands I think they were called Fetus or Nimbus or something like that right some us kind of thing right and uh then I was playing just along to like CDs, you know, I was like Stained. I was really big into Stained. They were like the first new metal band that I saw because they were opening up for Limp Bizkit and Kid Rock at Sunken Gardens. So I went to that show. It was like my first rock concert. I was real scared, you know, like, am I going to get beat up? I don't know. Like, because I see, you see the mosh pits and then kind of intimidating if you're, you know, like just a young teenager and never been in one, but ultimately liberating. Yeah. Uh, Stained, right? Right, their first, their first hit, and mud shovel, mud shovel, yeah, mud shovel, and then just like Chevelle and Incubus and anything I could. Guitar player magazine tabs were my friend, so did that. Continued playing guitar through that era of high school too, but it took a year before Alex and I started playing together after his other band broke up and. That's when Roma happened, and that's where I met Jorge, and we had two other members that were friends of ours at the time. Okay. 
Um, so I want to go back to like when you're like learning these songs. You mentioned uh, Guitar World. Like, man, I remember just going to the back, like back and see what the yep. new song was. Yeah, um, immediately. Yeah, and then Tabs too. Like, when when did you find out about Tabs? I imagine it was Alex that showed me. Um, like, this was like in the in the early 2000s, right? But after the late 90s, when there was like the new metal explosion, right? Came back, right? Ooh, the return of the rock. Um, all this new metal music that had come out. So those magazines, like that, Circus, Edge magazine in town, okay. like we were always consuming that stuff. I would go to Borders bookstore at the quarry and like go to, straight to the, to the news section because I knew that they had multiple ones they had like guitar player and then like guitar legend or something. i don't know other yeah. like music <laughs> magazines right and then like the magazine for the drummers and i, I didn't ever read that but i went straight <laughs> for the tabs you know like the anything system of a down and you know found out what i didn't know how to play but learned some other things yeah yeah for sure that that's badass um okay so you already had start you had your own band then um like did y'all start by doing covers or did you like want to make original music uh the first time i ever played with musicians like was not alex and jorge so like we tried to do covers but by the time we started roma in high school we were uh juniors in high school uh we just started playing our own music so like i learned i really learned how to play from alex and and from jorge and the other guys in the band Alex was like, I put my finger here, you put your finger there, okay? Like, you see this? You see how this one's like, they look the same? Like, you put your finger there, like, okay, I got that. So I figured that out, and then I just learned how to play with Jorge, like, the drummer, right? Like, you want to be groovy, and you want to be in the pocket. So, like, I picked up all of that stuff just through, like, writing music with them. Uh, and, yeah, it was, it was always original. I guess we did a few covers. We played, like, Sex and Violence. I don't even remember the name of the band. That It was, like, a punk song. Uh and Euro Trash Girl, like just weird, obscure songs that were, I guess we were a post-punk band, they used to say. I didn't even yeah. know what that meant. They were like, we're playing post-punk music. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm, I'm here. Like, I'm with my cousin. Like, we're having fun. And people, like, that's what we did after school. We would go to Alex's house, and there was a room in the back of his house that was, like, connected through the washroom, or, like, the laundry room, like a whole separate room that was, like, in a small apartment or something. And we, man, it was awesome like having that in high school and just after graduation stuff like that yeah uh did y'all play any like local shows yeah we started out playing at the rabbit i mean we had we had another show at the gaista gallery it was our first show after a cancel like it was a debacle right it was like a makeup show through something else like um but we played at the white rabbit like that was like our first show like we're yeah. passing out flyers it wasn't just our families it was like we were at school telling people to come check this out and the tickets you know the old white rabbit tickets with the names yeah. on them man isn't that so wild like back then just getting flyers and i don't know just being in high school not even able to drive like telling your yeah. friends hey try to come to see me at this like metal venue like yeah. our parents were just not having it. <laughs> oh man, we had such a good turnout. Like yeah. there were there were five of us in the band and we were all at Highlands and our singer was super sociable. So he had tons of people at our show. His brother was in a younger grade and like and they were all like they were basically all from Highlands. So after our first show, you know, in the back room mm -hmm. at the at the booking party, Rick's like, 
you guys could play on the main stage now. Like, are bringing people in. We were like, yeah. oh, we we figured it out. Like, they, that's how you do this. And you know, yeah. then you're like, I don't know, like eight thirty is the time slot, and then like nine forty or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, so were you there when they were just like read out a date and you just yes. had to raise your hand? Yeah, yeah. I was watching your episode, I think, with uh, Andrew talking about that and just like willing to take every show. Like, who wants to? Like, okay, I know you guys want shows. Like, chill yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. That was us. That was us too. <laughs> they gave us like they're like y'all can play the main stage, but it's like six thirty. Like doors mm-hmm. barely opening. Like. It's but what a great feeling. The stage is awesome. The room oh, was like big speakers. Like, oh, man. Yeah. You couldn't play anywhere else, right? Like, we were in high school. We couldn't play anywhere else, but that was great. <laughs> and then yeah. you see, like, Meek pack the place at night, the same night that you play. It's like... Yeah, I think... Uh, but what is happening? It was changed my band. life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Meek was big. Like, the local band for me at the time was, like, Medicine Tongue. Oh, yeah. They I were would huge. go to all the Medicine Tongue Hog legs. <laughs> Low-key protein shake or uh, Finn, right? Trevor's never... Yeah. It was a nice era there in the early 2000s. Yeah. It was mid-2000s, early 2000s. So wild. I just asked my grandpa, like, every Friday, just, like, drop me off at the Rabbit, give me, like, $10, and then pick me up at this time. And that was it. That was my, like, uh, I don't know, my teenage years, just going to Rabbit every Friday. I didn't care who was playing. I was the first friend to have a car. So like, it, yeah, it was like, let's go. There's like six people in a tiny Toyota Corolla, <laughs> you know, like four people in the back seat and my door handles were broken. You could just like open the door if you wanted to. Good times. Yeah, good times. What? So um, I guess we heard about like Paper Tiger and, and uh, oh man, I just forgot the pr- production company running it, but um, you think the oh, rabbit's yeah. gonna come back? Oh, dude, I have no idea. Uh-huh. I have no idea what's going to happen with all of this stuff. Uh, it's fascinating, though. I mean, I think it it's making everybody's... Like, we have to consider what's going to happen. So everybody's mind is kind of, like, tingling with, like... Uh, I feel like we're tingling with productive kind of vibe, trying to yeah. be like, what do we do now? Um, so I think that's kind of a, kind of a good thing. Even though it's like bad circumstances, it sucks seeing clubs close down. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, That production company is Margin Walker. Margin Walker, yeah. Yeah. I Um, forgot it was too. So what what have you been doing, I guess, uh, musically during this um, quarantine time? I've still kind of been doing some of what I was doing before. Because like, so I was working at a high school doing the after school, like music production and recording program it wasn't a class because i wasn't grading them but i was helping people like produce music right and write music uh and then when everything dropped in spring break magically you know like i had opportunities come through uh with other organizations nonprofits, doing virtual songwriting workshops recording workshops so i've i've still been able to get some of that kind of work and like that's not really like my personal music right that i'm working on but that keeps me like that's what I do. Like uh, that's what I spend a lot of my time on when I'm not doing band things. Yeah. Um, so the the kids who is it just kids or like kids and adults who? Uh, like it goes up to teenagers. I think we had like some twenty year olds over the summer over the last few months or something. Different organizations based out of different places. Mm-hmm. That's like a whole other like fascinating thing. I'm really like that's what like where my brain is at. Like what are we gonna do? 
I've been doing these virtual workshops and that's been really kind of cool, but that's like my knack, you know, I, I work with young people a lot and I'm always trying to encourage them to like play music and like, you like music? Like do it. Like it, you could do it. And I just kind of try and help them get to that point. And if they really take on to it, like that's, that's great. And so that keeps me inspired. I'm always producing music cause I have to like write music with them, you know, yeah. like they're not all like proficient musicians or anything. So they might give me an idea and then when I take it, I like kind of like put it back to them and expand on it. So I'm, I'm always have this like creative output, which I'm really thankful for. And I've, I've written some music, uh, just like demos, recording stuff on my guitar, like always, like just put my uh, voice memo on and <laughs> record little riffs or ideas and chart out things. And there's always ideas. Just need to get a bucket to capture all the water that's dripping you know yeah so how, how do uh these kids um get involved in these programs do they like are they they want to do music or is some or is it just like it's just a way to keep them busy or you know uh well it's uh there's been multiple ways some of it has been through the schools and like the organization that i work with in town is called san antonio soundgarden and so they do like contracts with schools uh, sometimes, right? Like, or other kinds of programs where they have like, they already have the students and they're like, hey students, you can do this too. Almost like an elective. Mm -hmm. So that's been a part of it. And that's been more like STEM style recording. Like let's teach you about recording. Um, and then I've done some songwriting stuff with uh, an organization uh, out of Kansas City called Art as Mentorship. Mm -hmm. And they partnered up kind of like the way Soundgarden does with another institution, basically like people that have money to pay for programs that would normally be doing other things. They're like, well, we have this money. We're supposed to spend it on this. Now there's these organizations like Soundgarden or Artist Mentorship that are like, hey, we have this virtual program. You can do it. And so I've kind of fit into that uh, really, really seamlessly. It's, it's like right in my wheelhouse. It's like everything that I was doing already, except now I know how to do it like this, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. that that's awesome. Um, so uh, like now with technology and everything going on um, and you're meeting like these new kids who are just getting into music, do you feel that they're into more like electronic, like hip hop, like want to make beats kind of stuff? Or is there still like the want to like play guitar and learn like physical instruments uh well the students are super eclectic it just depends on like where the time and the place you know kind of like uh when i was working at sam houston there were some musicians there and there were some like electronic music producers but by and large a lot of the students that i was getting wanted to rap and like do hip-hop so we were making hip-hop and i love you know that's my yeah. stuff so uh uh then like with the other programs that was through like these middle schools or younger kids they really had less experience so th they're still figuring out what kind of music they like a lot of electronic and pop stuff and then with the songwriter stuff brings out a whole different crew because that just that label is like these people might already be at the point of writing songs already know how to play an instrument or something like that so we get people from all like we got horn players and string players, sometimes uh, vocalists, rappers, producers, guitarists, obviously. Um, and like people that would either write their own songs on ukulele or whatever, you no, know, some of them knew how to record, it's just super diverse, you know? 
So there's there's all types. It's everything. Music's not going anywhere, you know. And like <laughs> yeah. people are people are still into playing instruments, which is super refreshing, uh, you know. I, feel, I think after you turn thirty, you start to feel like, am I old? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I hear um, just some of the music that my daughter listens to, and I can't. I feel like I feel. Like <laughs> I feel like my parents felt at that yes, time. Exactly. And it's but but I get it because I and my dad did his. He still does. He'll listen to like whatever's current, even if it's heavy, like death metal, whatever I'm into. Like he'll like listen to it and he'll be like, "This is cool." I oh, feel cool. like I'm trying to be that for my daughter because like you know, I and the music. It's me. Music's music. Like right. You gotta encourage no it. Right. Wrong. If you like it, like yeah, go for it. Listen to it. Oh yeah. When um, I was when I was in high school, first playing music is like I loved it. I was listening to Limp Bizkit and Corn and all this stuff. Right. Like really heavy, aggressive stuff. But the Metallica kids would like make fun of me or make fun of us. Right. Like the new metal kids. And I was like, I'm not listening to Metallica. You guys suck. <laughs> And then, like, you know, I get older and I like I like playing music so much that I appreciate all types of music. And I yeah. remember, you know what? I used to listen to a lot of R&B and hip-hop. And I used to listen to, you know, inadvertently you hear country or you hear Tejano, right? You hear cumbia. I'm like, man, I want to play some cumbia music. That's good bass stuff. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Um, so are you, I know you were working on uh, demos, anything. Do you have any new, like projects going on too or is it just all solo stuff right now not not like specifically like i feel to me everything's always if it's alive it's alive and i you know nothing has really gone away uh the foreign arm you know that that group the r&b group that i'm in with vocab and nicholas blevins um there's always those moments where it's like there's this creativity actually the last thing that i wrote myself I gave it to them and I was like, hey, help me make this better, you know, like, because it's totally got that that kind of vibe uh, for that project. And Pop Pistol is the same. It's like every time we're together, the conversation's always alive. Like, you know, it's, it's cool whenever we play and they're like, oh, they're reuniting. I'm like, kind of, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, like, that's my cousin. We, we hang out a lot and, like, don't always do music stuff. Um, uh, so those those projects like pop pistol has a lot of songs like we have a lot of songs that haven't been recorded i was thinking about it we haven't put out a, an original record since 2012 but we ha but we've played shows and we've written new stuff for the sh for like not for the shows but we've played new stuff like if people were to put it to hear it in context it would be like oh they have like a, a good a good bank of songs that are that are there to record i think we we always aim to do like singles because it makes the most sense where we're at right now yeah. in our life. So, but you know, I'm in school, I'm about to have a baby, like, and everybody's got their own projects going on too. Nina and Jorge are doing some really great stuff right now. They're writing an album. Alex is always right. Alex is the brain of Pop Pistol and Alex is like never stopped writing music since he was 15, you know? Yeah. It's been like 20 years. There's just always stuff. He's done Yes, Yes. Some of those songs were like originally Pop Pistol songs, or but they're like it's all the same, you know. It's just once once he brings it to us, like Jorge and I put the like the blood into it, you know. Like it's like we make it into the cyborg. It's like very digital, and then it becomes alive and like has muscles and stuff. So we're always we're always doing that. Yeah. Um, when you're so, I want to talk about your songwriting. Like, what's the most important? 
um, just key to songwriting for you? The key to songwriting for me is just a lot of it's listening, you know? Um, I love meeting other older musicians and getting like a little wisdom from them. But uh, one of the musicians that I got to work with along the way, he was like, music is like a conversation, right? Like who's doing the, who's doing the speaking? Like who's the, so like there's always a voice of the, mu of the musical instruments that's leading. And as a bass player, you have to do that. You, you're, you're not usually the one that's like front and center, you know, like musically, right? There's other elements. And if there's a vocalist then you want the vocalist to be up front, the bass player is kind of like, you know, I read that Victor Wooten book, so great uh, music lesson. I think he describes it too. It's like you're, I think he says like you're setting the platter, right? For like the meal. So like the bass is kind of holding everything together, yeah. right? So uh, to me, as a bass player anyway, it's all about listening. And then other, other, otherwise too, like if I play my guitar and I just pick it up and start playing, it's like I'm hearing something that is leading me and, I'm, and it's like channeling this mood and this energy. So a lot of it's like that. It's a response to like the super present, right? Or like the next moment. I don't know what that is, but I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely do. Um, so for you, when I guess uh, lyrically, anything like that, do you have the music comes first or is it just kind of whatever happens, happens? Majority of the time, music comes first for me. Even in listening to like music that I wind up liking a lot, you know, if I listen to a song that I never heard before on the radio or anywhere, if I'm watching a band, the musical elements get me. Like, I, I, I appreciate the the ride that you get taken on. It doesn't matter if it's pop or whatever. Like, the instrumentation to me, the production, especially if I'm listening or recording, that's what hits me first. So lyrically, I kind of get to those points later. Uh, the inspiration for lyrics, though, as much as I teach it, uh, as much as I preach it, I ain't always, you know, uh, practicing it. Uh, I, I kind of avoid writing lyrics for some reason. Like, I have some out there. But I, it, it's also because I'm not, I'm not really, like, pushing my songs and, like, trying to record and, like, get them out there. I started thinking recently, like, maybe I, maybe it would serve me to, like, get these songs down and, like, put them out there as a songwriter because I write lots of stuff and it's very like all over the place. Like I'm, I don't know how to market myself, right? Like okay. those kinds of things, but I love music and I play it all the time. When I write lyrics, you know, I, I think they're all right. They're talking about life and, you know, silliness sometimes too. make songs about writing songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, this is, this is awesome. Um, so like, what are what are your plans for 2021 like musically oh well as much as i as much as i can it's always I always keep it real fluid i have a lot of long-term like really big plans and ideas you know mm -hmm. and that's kind of like those ongoing conversations like with pop pistol and even myself as an artist like i do write songs i do want to do an album you know i've gotten real comfortable with my relationship to time in that regard I think being in Pop Pistol, I'm playing with the same guys for so long and being able to look back and be like, okay, I've been in six bands, you know, like already. These these ones have been con consistent, but like I have all this experience. And then I'm looking at the guys that are like twice my age and they're still playing, you know, like uh, uh, I think this year uh, Jim Cullum passed away. 
you know, and he was a local guy. He was a trumpeter, a jazz musician. But I saw him play in the little, at, at a Tucker's, right, in their small room. Um, and I'm just thinking, like, this guy has had so much experience. Like, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm, like, on the ride. Uh, I'm real comfortable with where it's at. Uh, I have a lot of big dreams and aspirations. They're not specifically tied to, like, fame or, you know, like, stardom. Um, maybe a little bit of fortune would be cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> maybe you make a good song that people like. Maybe I sell somebody a song and they sing it on the radio and, like, I'm getting checks now, you know? Like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's kind of, like, more than that, too, right? Like, at least I work with young people so much, like, that's where I'm always coming from. Like, I can't help you get famous. I can give you some ideas about what it you can do maybe to get famous and you know like if that's what you want you might have to change some things in order to get that and you gotta you gotta decide for yourself like what am i sacrificing what am i giving up you know all those kinds of things we hear it all the time like you've been hearing about record label stuff with bands since before you were in a band probably right and you still hear it and it uh it comes down to like creative control and these these business things that you know it's it is it is what it is you know uh, that's why, like, you have to kind of look past it. I started watching the Selena uh, series on Netflix, and it's, you know, people are hating on it too, but, um, and that's fine. You got to be critical, I guess, but um, the work that they did and, like, some of those themes, right, because they're a family, I, I, I've, I've contemplated on that stuff a lot. So, like, if I, I kind of want it all. So I got a little different long game going on, you know, like, I'm going to be... I have that vision of like being like in my 50s and my 60s still playing like I don't want to stop until like I say I don't want to play anymore when it, and I always want it to be because I want to do it not because I have to do it you know like I, uh, I don't know if I can do like a super grueling like world tour that's, that's crazy yeah. man and I see those people's lives like there's documentaries about it and like it's kind of a good thing that I didn't get famous when I was in my early 20s <laughs> like some of these other people because they they have problems like severe ones that you know, that's a, those are all other things. I think yeah. a lot. <laughs> I think a lot about those things. Yeah, um, I, I I agree with you. I like I really relate to um, pretty much everything you said, especially with this quarantine time. I'm able to like still be at home with my family, but I can still write and record. I can still I can still be a musician, and yeah. I think it put into perspective like. I can do this in the, for the long run. I don't have to worry about going and playing a show every weekend or, or whatever, which is fun. Like that's fun It's super too. fun. I miss it a lot, you know, I really do. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to like play a show. Oh yeah. But also <laughs> like, I want to keep playing shows like until I, until I can, until my fingers was like, stop moving, you know? Like even right. if I'm doing sitting in whatever like i it doesn't even matter i just want to play uh but yeah it's been it's been a wild year and uh you know hopefully you know 2021 is a little better on musicians but oh yeah hopefully so it's it's hard seeing people lose so much work you know i i don't know how but i'm always like in a spot where i definitely feel like i got blessings like i'm okay and and I'm not I'm not super hurting, uh, but people are losing their entire jobs. You know, I I kind of lost my job, but um, I guess I'm coping with it differently. You know, like, like yeah, 
trying to see what am what is my next step and like maybe this is you know maybe i need to go with it a little bit right now i'm teaching young people how to make music or really like just encouraging them like i say because yeah. it's 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 good for here you know i do it for here first yeah absolutely and and like you can totally tell man like you can tell that that your heart's like in the right place and i really appreciate it because i see some posts you do and just hearing about you working with like kids and just inspiring them like that that's badass that's essentially kind of like what the idea of this podcast was is more like hey maybe you can relate to this person like some people started because their dads played or their parents played or was it radio djs someone started playing music out of spite like there's (laughs) there's ways for you to relate to people that might make you want to pick up an instrument and just play like that yeah. that's the whole goal of everything I'm like i i did like three or <laughs> i did three or four of those at least you know the first songs that i wrote were real when i was expressing my disappointment with the, what life was doing to me at that time <laughs> you know I, yeah it's all all those things yeah man um how can people uh, keep up with you or keep up with any of your bands on social media? Well, uh, the Foreign Arm and Pop Pistol, both on Instagram. That's like kind of, I think, where life happens. And that's yeah. a place where you can contact us. Uh, I doubt that our websites are up, but like, go listen <laughs> to the music. Just look up the Foreign Arm on YouTube, I would suggest, for the Foreign Arm, because we got some videos and stuff, and also on Spotify. And then Pop Pistol, like Google Pop Pistol and things will come up. Go listen to, there's there's like a, at least 40 tracks out there that you can listen to that were all well Jeez. recorded, you know, <laughs> like they're there and they, and there's going to be more. And, uh, and I think it's going to be a pretty exciting uh, next chapter for everything, you know? Yeah, man. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we definitely need to catch up again. I really enjoyed our conversation, but uh, congratulations on fatherhood. And thank um, you so much. Yeah, man. Have a have a great rest of the break, and we'll catch up later. Okay. For sure, I'm gonna keep. I'm arranging my office is like you know, <laughs> nesting. Right, everything's kind of yeah. in disarray. But yeah, I appreciate it, man. It was good. It was good to talk. Yeah, man. Have a great night. You too. Peace. Yeah. Later. I'm about to be a dad, man, pretty soon. Yeah, that's awesome. Are you stoked? So, I'm sure you're stoked, but like, yeah, how stoked yeah. are you? <laughs> Intensely and le- like all the normal things, right? Like terrified, but like super excited. You know, I've, we, we knew that we wanted to have a family, so we're happy to be here. Oh man, that, that's For so sure. awesome. Um, man, and I, I mean, I, I bring that up because I'm like, I, I see you with your daughter and stuff, and like I, I admire parents a lot, especially musician and artist parents. It's always cool because we're like a different breed. Everybody raises their kids with a little bit more like creativity and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been it's been real cool with Dahlia because she like she's interested in music on her own. Like I I, I want her to play, but she's also like interested by herself. So it's That's cool. So cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm so stoked, man. It's, um, I'm stoked for you and your family and 
your wife. That's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. 